0: Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We have in studio our guest AmeriDude. That is Stephen Kessler. He is a millennial who is... One of the smartest guys I know. It is so great to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me, and uh, I'm not that smart.
0: Well, I think so. (laughs) So So let's jump right in here with Dr. Uh, Gerard Lomero. He is an author, political analyst. He's an expert on forecast models, and his website is greatnewsforamerica.com. So he is an optimist, which I love, uh, and we'll talk about that in the fourth segment. But let's jump in here right now, Dr. Uh, Lomero. Uh, You just recently did a blog, will the Trump and House border wall funding impasse impasse lead to uh, Trump declaring a national emergency soon? So unpack this. What do you think?
2: Well, it's a complicated issue, obviously. (laughs) The Democrats, uh, their position makes no sense whatsoever. We can go into that if you like but let's just take it for what it is the democrats don't want to spend nickel on the border despite the fact that most americans want border security of some sort and uh, trump is is putting his foot down because this is a signature issue that he ran on he feels that if he doesn't fulfill his promise here it's going to hurt him in twenty twenty at least to some extent and so he wants to follow through and the old congress uh, and that of which there are 49 less anti-Trump Republicans in there, by the way. They lost, resigned or retired, and that. And by the way, there are also 30 uh, new uh, Republicans in the House that are pro-Trump. So he's done actually quite well, and uh, when the next election runs around, uh, you're going to see a conservative House. But in the meantime, he's decided that this is an important signature issue, and I think that he ultimately will uh, take action. I think he's following Newt Gingrich's strategy right now, which is, hey, this is ridiculous. A mere $5 billion or so? They should fund that. That's nothing. It's less than one-tenth of a percent of the national budget. So they're trying to put pressure on the Democrats, and that's Newt's uh, strategy, and I think Trump is uh, saying, "Okay, well, I totally agree with that. Let's see if we can get something through, and then that way it'll prove that we can work with this House that's so recalcitrant."
0: Well, but Dr. Lamero, we have seen all of these, uh, and I'm going to say sob stories because I think that the, the media is is really trying to to pull on people's emotions. Certainly, it's difficult for the you know people that are uh, affected by the shutdown, uh, but you, but. Yesterday, we uh, were reporting that there was an IRS employee that said that that, um, because she's not going to get this paycheck, that they weren't going to go out to dinner and they couldn't get uh, drinks at the gas station. And, And I'm thinking, wait, wait a minute. You know, we need to toughen up just a little bit here because what we're talking about is the security of everyday Americans. The police officer that was killed out in California with a little, had a little five month old baby, it seems to me like... Like, they don't even seem to care about that. And um, and when we talk about $5.7 billion for the wall, it's, you know, $5.7 billion sounds like a lot of money. But in 2015, there was an L.A. Times article where Elon Musk with Tesla had received $4.9 billion in government subsidies. So this just doesn't make sense. No. Uh, you, you know, I mean, I, I don't know who's going to... You know, who's going to break on this? Who do you think?
2: Well, well, uh, I really think that Trump is going to win on this because uh, the Democrats have a very poor position. I mean, back in February of 2018, I guess it was, uh, they had approved, uh, they said they were going to vote for $25 billion for the wall. So how is it they could have said yes to that? You know, roughly a year ago, and now say, oh, this is too much. You know, I mean, their positions are so hard. They're incredulous. They're hard to believe. They make no sense. They don't make <laughs> common sense. And most people realize that. And they're trying to say that, uh, <clears throat> you know, Americans are walking away from Trump. They're not walking away from him at all. They're rock solid behind him in his major policy positions. The Democrats are the ones that are out to lunch. And by the way, Uh, The Democrats are, you know, touting this past election as they won the House. They did not win the House. The Republican establishment lost the House. That's why. You know, the Republicans have been, uh, the conservatives especially, have been upset with the Republican Party for not following through on enough conservative positions. And they've been doing things to elect more and more conservatives There are a whole bunch of the incumbent Republicans, so-called rhinos or establishment Republicans, who would not help Trump. Well, guess what? The electorate has gotten rid of 49 of them. That is a huge number of people to be pushed out of the House. And another 30 new Republicans who decided to run in some of their places have been put in that support Trump. That's a tremendous win. So I think that the 2018 election was part one of two elections in which a conservative red wave is going to take over the House. Part two is going to be 2020, because now that the incumbents have been pushed out, uh, they'll be replaced by conservatives, because uh, conservative Republicans have not gotten their money's worth out of a lot of the people they've elected.
0: Well, and what do you think about here in Colorado? We're going to have a big Senate race that's uh, going to be occurring in 2020. Do you have any thoughts about that?
2: Yes. Uh, If Cory Gardner doesn't start following the will of the American people, including Coloradoans, uh, he is not going to win re-election. Right now I'd forecast him as losing the election. He's doing the wrong things. What's this thing about giving, uh, you know, like, oh, yes, let's go ahead and keep the government open for three weeks, and then the the Senate and the House, they'll get together. Baloney. They're not going to get together. They are articulating a position that's steadfast where they want no wall. They're not going to give in. If Trump gives in, he's not going to get anything in three weeks or three months or three years. Not until this House is replaced by conservatives will you see action in in the House. No, not at all. I think uh, in Colorado, we need strong, conservative leadership. I think it, it was, some people are going to have to step up to the plate. We're going to get a new uh, Colorado GOP chairman. I like the current person on a personal level. But, you know, I'm not sure that they did the right things to get people elected this time around. And I think that Cory Gartner is on a track to lose, to be honest. And I, I know him, and I don't want to see him lose. But you've got to do what the American people want.
0: Well, I, I, I agree. I think that people are hungry for leadership, and I think that they're hungry for leaders to step up and say, you know, I'm here to do my job instead of worrying about the next election. Now, speaking about the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi's been in Congress for 32 years. Chuck Schumer's been in, Cong- in Washington for 21 years. They've had ample time to uh, address this problem, and they, they haven't. And I submit to you that it's more about power and winning elections than caring about the American people. Your thought?
2: <laughs> You're absolutely 150% correct. <laughs> Ha-ha! All right. <laughs> You're right. I mean, they're, they're looking at the whole border thing as future Democratic voters because you know what? I've written about it in the last two books, about the future of the Democratic Party, it's not good. They're fragmenting. I mean, they're having a war between the ultra liberals and then the ultra, ultra, ultra extreme liberals. Uh, and basically, it's the socialists versus the almost socialists. And the American yeah, ex- people are going to reject this.
0: Stephen, you have done a lot of studies on socialism. What would your comment be regarding the socialists and the you know ultra-left socialists here?
1: Sure. So for me, I always talk about how socialism's fundamental premise is the negation of original sin. And that the punishment in the Old Testament for original sin was banishment from utopia and labor. And what they're really offering them is this belief that one, man must not labor, and number two, that they can bring utopia here on earth again. And so that's the allure of it, is that these socialists are offering you know, to redistribute and to take things away. It's, it's largely predicated on the emotion of envy, and it's appealing. It's always appealing to people who don't have as much as somebody else because they want to take it away from them, and they don't want to have to work. And it's, I mean, that's, that's an appealing concept.
0: Well, you know, but there is something that I think can override that. We we tend to those that love conservatarian principles. We many times do not get our messaging right because people can respond to envy, Dr. Lamero, but they can also respond to inspiration and hope. And that is uh, that is one of the things that uh, you have written about. You know, many times you, your, in fact, your website is greatnewsforamerica dot com, and I think people are hungry uh, for some great news. So, I, what I'd like to do is go to break, and when we come back, let's talk about why you are optimistic with all that's going on in America. We have Stephen Kessler in studio with us as our uh, guest, Ameridude. We have Doctor Gerard Lamero on the line with us. He is an author, he's a a political analyst, and an expert on forecast models. His website is greatnewsforamerica.com. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Dr. Lomero is very optimistic, and that's very refreshing in this day and age, so we're going to talk to him about why.
2: I got
0: a woman. <laughs> Welcome back to the Chicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. We are having a conversation today. Stephen Kessler's in studio with me as our guest host. And we have on the line with us Dr. Gerard Lemero. Uh, he is uh, an author, he is a political analyst, and an expert on forecast models. His website is greatnewsforamerica.com. And, of course, we have uh, Steve, our producer, on the boards. It is a lot of great information this morning. Dr. Lomero, a lot of people are sometimes seem like they're giving up hope on America. I mean, it is crazy on what's going on in Colorado in particular. I feel that we are at the tip of the spear of all the different experiments, uh, when we're looking at the legislation that is already being introduced, we have this HB ten thirty two, which I do want to address that just very quickly. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Doctor Lamero. I mentioned it to you yesterday, Stephen, but this is a sex education bill here in Colorado. That first of all, I want to say we all we all have gay people in our lives that are friends, that are family, people that we care deeply about, and and. And I want to acknowledge that. But what we see over here is what I call the LGBTQ industrial complex that is trying to affect and mandate a religion, if you will, into our public schools of the LGBTQ agenda. And uh, I th- I think that that goes against the establishment clause, and so I think Stephen, let's get you back because I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. So anyway, Dr. Lamero, I I'm just kind of putting it out there that we have a lot of things that are happening in our country and in Colorado to be concerned about, but you are seem almost to me like the eternal optimist. Why?
2: Well, I'll tell you why. It's because I've studied so many numbers, and I've studied the American people, and i studied our history back to 1789. I've studied every election, presidential election since then. And I know that there's a DNA, uh, I call it a political DNA, uh, in the American psyche. And it consists of four things. Uh, people want a, a morality in government. That's one of the reasons they're so mad at the deep state now uh... they want number two freedom all their different freedoms freedom of speech freedom of association freedom to uh... keep and bear arms you know the list of important freedoms that we have the third thing is they want peace they want peace in their homes in their communities and they want peace between nations they don't want to be threatened by north korea and by the way we're no longer threatened by north korea as far as we know And they also want prosperity. They want a government to get out of the way so that they're free to start a business, they're free to work hard, they're free to, you know, uh, not be overtaxed. They can keep some of their money uh, that doesn't all belong to the government. And uh, they have that philosophy. Those four things really stand at the foundation of what American voters take to the polls with them every four years for presidential elections. And I have identified by looking back... Uh, Long-term trends that go up to 36 years, uh, mid-term trends that go roughly eight years into the future, and then uh, short-term trends that are between one month and two years before an election. And I know the trends, and I know where they're going. And as I often say on the radio, the trends are our friends. If we understand the trends, that's our friends, because we can understand our future. And despite all of the negativity that the left brings to bear, which, by the way, is something American people don't really like, to hear all the negativity, just as you're pointing out, despite all of that negativity, uh, you know, they don't buy it, and they don't believe in it, and they're much more optimistic because they have freedom, and they want to keep their freedom. And so the trends are, are indicative of the fact that they want to throw out the leftist ideas. They want to get rid of them. The Democratic Party, I think, is still going to break up. And uh, that's a subject unto itself, you know, what's going to happen with the political parties. But one thing I know is that every time we have a historic presidential election, 2016 was historic, by the way, and uh, that, whenever you have that, you have a realignment of the parties. They redefine themselves trying to, in essence, follow the will of the American people. The American people have been sending signals. They're obvious, and the trends are in place, and the trends are for conservatives to win. So the good guys are going to win in the end.
0: Okay. I I love what you're saying. In the DNA of Americans, you know, one of the other projects that we do is our World War II project. And to sit across the table and interview these guys that are veterans of World War II gives me pause because these are people that put it all on the line to stand against tyranny and evil, and that's not being taught in our education system now. I've been concerned that our kids are not not learning these things that you're talking about that you say that are in our DNA. Um, Speak to to that a little bit. bit.
2: Two Two things I'd say is, First of all, because it's in our DNA, it doesn't have to be completely taught. In other words, people have an intuition. Hey, I want to be free. Hey, this government is trying to trample on my rights. So there's, that, that's a good part of it. Uh, the bad part of it is that so many socialists have made it their lives work to take over our education system uh, for the purpose of doing exactly what they're doing. They're trying to transform the country from a, a constitutional republic that guarantees freedom to a uh, socialist uh, European-type country where the government makes all the rules and decisions because they are so smart, they think. (laughs) The vision and the anointed. Yeah, exactly. So what I want to say is that it is true, it is true that uh, they have made tremendous inroads into taking over the content of our educational system. But you know what? It is up to us. Just like... Prior generations stood up and fought for this nation's freedom. We have to do that now, and I think it's happening. I talked to someone this week. I spent, uh, I think, about an hour on the radio talking with somebody who ran for school board in California and won, a conservative. That's great. And, and he's working to change uh, the content of that particular school board. We need conservatives to take action. You can't sit back and think we're going to have freedom. Because past generations had to, you know, sit up straight, and they had to fight, uh, unfortunately, with g- guns and bullets. Today we have to fight with ideas, and and I think it's it's up to Americans to do that. And by the way, one of my books—I have five books out. I'm working on number six now. Uh, book number three was Renewing America and Its Heritage of Freedom. It has a toolkit in there. It's about a 350-page solid conservative book. That that's a toolkit for conservatives who are frustrated and want to know how they can do things to help this country. Well, one thing you can do is run for school board and change the educational system uh, to become one that teaches our great heritage.
0: Well, and I was with a number of women actually last night up in Fort Collins, and they said not only your school boards, but your city councils and your library boards. Uh, you know, we have, we've really abdicated all of that because we've been busy. I think that we've, I think still Americans, citizens believe that, that they are electing people that do have in their DNA, the four things that you mentioned, the morality and government that love freedom, peace and prosperity. Uh, we have maybe about three minutes. I'd love for you to give us your take on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now she went to, uh, Boston university And she got a degree in uh, international relations and economics. I don't know who paid for her education, but I think that they should get their their money back because she is an avowed socialist. But she is, um, you know, she's vibrant uh, and she's attractive and uh, she's a millennial.
1: Very likable.
0: Very, very likable. So, I mean, I see big, big danger in somebody like her. A couple of minutes, what's your comment on on her, Dr. Jerome?
2: I see see opportunity. She's doing more to help us than almost any other Democrat. She's out there telling people what she believes. She wants 70% taxes on people. She she thinks that money comes out of the air. I mean, she is so totally out of touch with reality, it's hard to believe that she has a degree in economics. I'll have to question what kind of economics do they teach there? Is this Paul, you know they teach Karl Marx and that's mm-hmm. it? You know? I mean, obviously she doesn't know much about economics, but she keeps putting her foot in her mouth and I think the more the Democrats do that and and present who they really are and what they really believe, the less likely they're gonna ever be uh, elected to higher office, or in her case, maybe even get reelected. But she has a district where about 90% are Democrats, so it's a, one of those uh, blue districts that are hard change because the people just vote with their eyes closed, apparently. Well, so we Repub- got. Go ahead. I was going to say the Republican there won 13% of the vote, if you can imagine. So that must be a strange district. But at any rate, I think uh, the Democrats going after Trump. Uh, being against every policy he's for. All they're doing is assuring that in 2020, part two of this election is going to take place in which conservative Republicans replace, uh, you know, the the Democrats who are there, especially from Trump-type districts, where they got in strictly because they weren't the incumbent.
0: Okay. Well, Dr. Gerard Lamarro, thank you so much. I love your optimism, and we'll uh, have to have another conversation very soon. Well, and great. Stephen Kessler, thank you so much for being in studio with us. What's your final thoughts given the show today?
1: Sure. Uh, my final thoughts specifically regarding um, Ocasio-Cortez has to do with the unruly passions and appetites of man, and that when the restraints on these unruly passions and appetites of man are removed, they run amok and will lead to our destruction. And that's really what I see with her. She's pushing socialism. She has no concept of the economy. She doesn't seem to understand how any of the real world works. And she's very likable. And I have a feeling that they're going to try and pass more and more legislation that will cause our own destruction.
0: Okay, well, as Dr. Lomero said, I think the the real positive though is the veil is off. We know what we're fighting against, and so we need to uh, gird up and be ready for this battle. Uh, but in the spirit of Dr. Lomero's optimism, I got a quote from Helen Keller, and as you know, many of you know that she uh, could not uh, see, could not hear, and then she did eventually learn to speak. Amazing movie, but she said, "No pessimist ever discovered the secret of the stars or sailed an uncharted land." Or opened a new doorway for the human spirit. So it's 2019. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth justice and the American way. Stephen Kessler, thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: This is the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Uh, We wish you a very great day. And be sure and go to our website, americhicks.com, and uh, go ahead and get on the wait list for our Vino and Veritas Federalist Papers book study. Uh, We are sold out for January, but we will get you on the wait list. Uh, Or you can email me at kim kimandamerichicks.com. So this is the Americhicks with Kim Munson signing off. You have a blessed day, God bless you, and God bless America.